You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically, so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. Hello, everybody. How you doing? This is Colin Cook with... This is Elliot Kawaoka. And this is episode number 16, where we're going to talk all about power meters. So uh, we have Josh Matthew, who is the owner of Power Meter City, on the line with us. Josh, how you doing? Very good. How's it going, guys? Really well, good. It's, it's going all right. You know, we, we in our little pre-talk here, they start talking about the weather. You know, in this uh, <laughs> six whether it's sixty or seventy degrees, where it's about uh, five degrees where I am. So uh, <laughs> I think I'm uh, a little bit chillier than these guys are, but uh, that's the way I like it. It's all good. Hey, we I got to suffer through the summers though here, so just got to yeah. remember that. <laughs> this is true. So. Awesome. So yeah, so you know, I think uh, if you've listened to the show before, Elliot and I have talked about power meters, and we're definitely big fans of them. But uh, Josh obviously has a lot of experience and uh, understanding of power meters, so we thought it'd be an excellent opportunity to uh, to bring him in and talk a little bit deeper. We don't want to get super super technical about it or anything, but uh, just just help people explore different options and you know the value of them and things like that. So. Um, Josh, do you want to give us a little bit more background about yourself and, uh, you know, uh, actually, I don't even know, do you have any kind of endurance uh, background and, and how you got into this and everything? Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, so uh, nothing too official, just a longtime cyclist uh, and um, both on the road and mountain. Actually, my background is a little bit more on the mountain um, at one point was racing category one, which for myself was, was, a, was an accomplishment, but, um, just, you know, enjoyed always pedaling and have been a long-term, uh, long-time user of power. And, um, you know, kind of long story short, I, you know, we noticed a void in, in the market for, um, for folks that sold power meters. It seemed like, you know, certain shops might carry one or two meters and, other shops might have a have a bit of a larger selection, but didn't really get into the specifics and weren't able to answer, you know, a lot of the uh, technical, complicated questions that sometimes accompany power meters. So, you know, just being um, a, a fan of, of power and bikes, and you know, somebody that you know wanted to launch a business, we kind of jumped at the opportunity to go full on in, in the power meter niche and uh, launched Power Meter City about two years ago today, um, give or take. And, um, and and I guess, you know, uh, keeping it short, that's kind of a, a quick quick snapshot. Good deal. Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess just for, for those that may be training off of, you know, perceived rate of exertion or heart 
rate and things like that, uh, just to kind of add to that, um, you know, what I really like about power is, is its, its ability to give you instant feedback. Whereas, you know, heart rate, um, is definitely going to not be able to, to give you that exact, uh, capabilities in, in most scenarios there. So I, I totally agree. And just to dovetail on that, I mean, we're, you know, we use power, we use heart rate monitors. I know a lot of people do, and, and, and we're, you know, we don't say don't use a heart rate monitor by any means, right? There's, there's a value and benefit to using a heart rate monitor, but I, I completely agree with what you said. I mean, it's almost like, and I know Joe Friel, uh, you know, world famous coach that everybody knows, you know, he kind of quantifies it or talks about it as like an input output relationship. And, um, a heart rate monitor kind of, you know, measures your, your input, how, how hard the effort is to you, but that doesn't really tell you what it is you're accomplishing, whereas power is kind of a, a measure of output, and that, you know, it's, it's truly what, what you're accomplishing. Right, and, and Joe Friel, uh, he also once, I believe, said that uh, he almost considered uh, power meters to be like cheat or you could be cheating on the bike, right? Uh, because it allowed you to completely yeah. exactly your effort level and things like that. So. He did, but I, I think he called it that legal. Thought you were going to go with. <laughs> he called it le- legal cheating. I think right, right, so. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm all I'm all I'm good with that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So. Uh, Ellie, you want to jump in at all there? Oh no, and going. I mean, adding on to that, I mean, I think it really helps. And I mean, for Ironman racing or long distance stuff, it's amazing. I remember when I first got my power meter, how hard I was pushing myself, like early on in bike rides, and it's really taught me to pace. And like you said, it's just it's another it's a secondary measure to look at. It's not so, not something that once you get installed, it's gonna make you an overnight success and make you successful right away but it's just it's a great training tool to have yeah sure i mean yeah so you know to to elaborate on that a little bit more from uh especially from a long course triathlon perspective right so i mean if you're going out at a you know and you have heart rate goals right you know and you're you're putting out let's say uh the the power output that you wanted Arguably, you know, your heart rate is going to go up event gradually as you know that effort continues to to be a little bit harder for you. Whereas if you start and you're going purely off of heart rate, um, you know, you're if you have that that kind of threshold that you're looking at and you're you're pushing that right away, um, you're likely going to end up with a significantly lower power output towards the end and kind of you know deteriorate um, by doing that. So. Um, again, like Elliot mentioned there, you know, so many people that, and you know, you get the adrenaline going in the races and things and you feel like you're going, um, a lot easier than you actually are. And you end up paying for it a lot in the second half or later on in the race. So, um, you know, that, that feedback there is, is vital. And, um, you know, also I really like to, to have, you know, with, with clients, you know, I don't require power meters. I do pretty much everything up to that, but, um, you know, it's always good to, to look at your heart rate and see how that compares, and it can be a great indicator of whether, you know, maybe you're a little bit tired that day or, you know, you want to push a little bit more. It's, it's a helpful secondary measurement, but uh, being able to train based on power is, is very, very effective there. It, it is, and, and, yeah, I think uh, on the heart rate side, I think the technical term for what you were describing is cardiovascular drift. Yeah, right. Um, with yeah. yeah, and no, t- totally agree. And, and by the way, so what, while we're at it, one more key advantage that 
uh, to using a power meter that might not be as sexy, but we work with a lot of coaches, and whenever I ask them, you know, why they push power meters on on their athletes, one of the reasons that they always cite or typically cite is that um, it, it helps them gauge uh, how hard their athlete is working on easy days, and we all we know that you know easy days are super important, um, important part of uh, the training program, and. Um, the vast majority of athletes, I think it's fair to say, push too hard on easy days. So, you know, I, I know a lot of coaches often cite that it allows, you know, the athlete to really um, gauge their performance or their effort on easy days to make sure that they, you know, they're, they're incorporating both easy as well as hard days into their training program. Oh, that is such a great point that yeah. uh, is overlooked. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very good point there. Um, so you, you hit on it a little bit there, but let's let's talk a little bit more detailed so people can understand like the different power meters and you know hub base versus uh, crank base and things like that. And and maybe if you want to kind of uh, discuss your feelings about you know which ones maybe better or you've seen more efficient and, and um, more accurate and any kind of thoughts as to the different power meters, and then maybe we'll go into some different brands and things after. Yeah, great. So there's about six or seven types of power meters. And again, type just is referring to where that power meter is located on your bike or you know, how it's measuring your power. Um, everybody knows about the SRMs and the quarks of the world, and those, are, those measure power at the crank spider. And with a power meter like that, you're, you're typically buying an entirely new crank set. You ditch your current crank set, throw on the new SRM or quark, uh, and it's going to measure power at the crank spider. Um, SRM, they've been in the game longer than anyone. They've been producing power meters for, uh, I, gee, 30 years at this point. Right. And everybody, yeah. everybody knows, knows what those are. Um, crank arm-based power meter, that's another type, really popular as well. Stages cycling really introduced uh, the crank arm-based power meter to the world around 2011, 2012. And what they're doing is they're taking uh, an OEM crank arm from Shimano, from Campy. They even produce their own carbon arms. And they're slapping their strain gauges inside that, that non-drive side crank arm. So a uh, potential drawback or a caveat to those crank arms is that it, unlike the, the SRMs or the quarks of the world, that stages is only going to measure left leg power, and we can get into that later on. Um, however, there's also benefits in that it's a more affordable power meter, super easy to install. You're just removing your current uh, left side crank arm and throwing on the stages. So there's some benefits to that as well. And uh, nonetheless, it, it's very, very popular power meter for those reasons um, alone. And it's actually made by a few companies. Um, Stages makes it. Four Eye Innovations out of Canada makes one that's really similar. And Pioneer also makes one. And all three of those are, they, they have some, some differences, but they're all pretty, pretty close. Um, there's a hub. Everybody has heard of the PowerTap hub. They're currently on their third generation, the PowerTap G3. It's been around for a long time, and um, it has a really good good track record of just being accurate and durable and, and, and trustworthy. So that's that's pretty popular. Um, there's a, a few. Well, I guess I should talk about pedals. One of the more pop popular power meters out now, actually, um, PowerTap kind of was the first one to launch a pedal um, in about 2014 or 2015. 
Garmin followed suit quickly thereafter and also a company out of Italy called Favro Electronics. All three of them make a pedal. They both make um, a dual-sided pedal, a pedal that measures left and right independent power, as well as a left-only pedal, um, kind of like the stages I was talking about, measures left leg power only, and that left-only pedal comes at a lower price point, of course. And those pedals, all the pedals are really popular because they're um, easy to install and they're compatible with anybody. So anybody new to power can get up and running really quickly. And then I guess um, without, you know, drawing on too long here, there's also um, what's called an opposing force power meter. And unlike everything we've been talking about so far today that measures direct rider force or input, an opposing force power meter takes a completely different approach to measuring power. It mounts on the handlebars and measures forces that oppose the rider, like wind and elevation and things like that. Um, fair to say it's not going to be quite as accurate. It's also really affordable, you know, easy to move between bikes, super lightweight. So, you know, we're, we're big fans of finding the power meter that's right for the athlete and every athlete is different and has a different budget and different power needs so it's um i think it's a it's a good power meter for for the right athlete so i guess how how's that for a quick snapshot that's great and actually uh maybe we'll go through each one here but uh why don't we i, I do have some questions about and i'm, I'm assuming uh, the the last one you're talking about there sorry i forget the terminology used but the, for the power pod is that the one you're talking about Yep, that's it. The power pod made by a company called VeloComp out of Florida. Right. Okay. Cool. So yeah, um, I've I've seen those, you know, marketed a little bit um, the last uh, half year or so, anyways. And uh, um, I, I'm curious to see. And I think DC Rainmaker has done a review on them and things. Um, but uh, what what are your thoughts on the the accuracy? I know you said it's not quite as accurate, but you still feel like they're they're efficient and uh, you know have some significant value. I, I do. So like with any power meter or any product in the world, you're, you're going to be able to find positive and negative reviews on it. And the same is the case with a power pod. However, you, you're going to find more positive reviews than negative reviews. And DC Rainmaker's review was positive, And there's a number of other positive reviews out there. And I think what it boils down to, and when I tell this directly to customers who call and ask about it, you know, if you know what it is before you buy it, chances are you're going to be happy. And, and what is it? It's an affordable way to start measuring your power. It's, like I said, compatible with any bike. If you want to want one power meter to move between bikes, it's probably your best bet. Um, so there's lots of advantages to it. But what is it not? It's not the most accurate, you know, robust power meter because uh, the way it measures your opposing forces, while it's fairly accurate and, in fact, VeloComp has released some studies that show it's plus or minus about 3% in most situations, whereas a direct force power meter is typically plus or minus 1% to 2%. So admit, they, they, you know, everyone admits that it's not as accurate, but it's, it's you know, really, really right. in the ballpark. But the, the only folks that seem to kind of be disappointed is if somebody's, you know, is coming from a $2,000 SRM to, to the power pod and they expect it to be, you know, just completely dialed in, in all riding situations, then sure, right, they're probably going to be a little bit disappointed. But if you buy it knowing that it's going to be really close in most of the situations, 
um, and you want to you want something that's affordable, then chances are you're you're going to think it's a pretty sweet little device. Cool. And so um, you know the the installation or the mounting looks simple enough, but as far as like really getting it calibrated and everything, it's it's really straightforward and easy to do. So, well, it's not. So with a direct force power meter, you throw it on your bike, you pair it to your head unit, and you ride. And and the power pot is a little bit more involved than that. It needs to be synced up to both your head unit as well as a speed sensor. That's one important uh, differentiating uh, feature with the power pot is it does need a speed sensor on your bike. Speed cadence is great, but at least a speed sensor. So you do need to pair it to both your head unit and a speed sensor. And then you need to conduct a one-time um, calibration ride of five or 10 minutes. And there's, you know, it comes with directions. Actually, the directions that come with it, I think, are almost too detailed. So we've built out our own that we that we give our customers that we think provide enough information without, you know, going crazy. And um, and yeah, I think if you follow those instructions, you you should be you should be good to go. So it's something you can install without taking it to your your bike shop. 100 percent okay yep and in fact the user the cyclist pretty much needs to do it themselves because then they need to hop on it as soon as it's all set up and they need to conduct that calibration ride themselves so yeah we we would encourage everyone to to do it themselves and there's no reason why why you shouldn't be able to i think okay and is that cadence sensor is that a like power pod specific one or is it just and plus like where it could be a garmin or does it does it have to be theirs yeah, no, it can be anyone. There are a few out there, like the older Garmin, that seem to be a little bit quirky. But yeah, any any third-party speed or speed cadence sensor will work. Um, VeloComp does produce a, a pretty affordable speed-only sensor for twenty-nine bucks if you want to if you want to get one on the cheap. But yeah, to answer your question directly, any anyone will work. Okay, very cool. Yeah, uh, those definitely intrigued me. Like I said, when I saw them here uh and uh i should say I'm, I'm quite a gadget guy myself and i can justify buying pretty much about anything um, yeah so. <laughs> yeah hey, hey call it how many how, how many power meters do you have uh let's see I, I so i'm a big stages guy i do have an srm on my my race drive bike but then i have uh three or four stages on on different bikes <laughs> as well so uh, my, my kind of guy my kind of guy <laughs> yeah. I've been, you know, I've been very happy with the stages. I mean, I uh, actually, it's just, there's an interesting thread going on a Facebook group I'm on right now, talking about different power meters and things like that, and you know, the the lack of, you know, because you're only getting one uh, one side, you know, the non-drive side, and and then it's doubling that power ultimately to to give you, you know, what your output is looking at. You know, there's certainly, I guess, uh, you know. A, a drawback to that, if you will, or as, you know, especially if you have some imbalances and things like that, it, it may not show accurate numbers, or it could, you know, you be, could miss, could be missing out in the fact that you do have those imbalances. But um, in in general, you know, I, I definitely, I typically recommend stages to people that are that are just getting into power meters. I feel like it's a really good bang for the buck. Um, but uh, you know, that's that's I guess one one concern when it comes to those. And um, um, I'm curious, do you find you know, from, and I guess not to get too deep, and I, I guess I want to be careful not to have you speak too highly or, you know, um, speak negatively about, you know, companies that you, uh, that you yeah. sell there, but, um, 
you know, do you do you see a lot more sales in the stages versus the um, the four I there or um, comparable, uh, very comparable units? Or um, curious on your thoughts there? Yeah, it, it's really fairly even, um, and I think that's for for this reason. Stages has done a really good job with branding and marketing, and I think it's fair and safe to say that more people have heard of Stages Cycling than 4i Innovations, so Stages does really well for that for that reason, if nothing else. However, 4i has priced their their arms about a hundred bucks below Stages, so if somebody's doing a, a price comparison. Um, and they're having a hard time finding, you know, a meaningful difference between both both meters. I mean, they're both built on an OEM Shimano arm. They both uh, now both have, um, well, they have coin scale batteries. Four Eyes moving to rechargeable, but both have Ant and Bluetooth. They're they're really really similar power meters. And um, so if somebody's just looking to save some money, Four Eye might um, might be a good good option for them. So they both they both do really well. Yeah, that's and that's very cool about the try going to the rechargeable batteries there. That would be great. The the one knock I'll actually give on on stages that I've had. I, I do have some of their older units now that I think need to be kind of upgraded, which I know they allow you to kind of do for um, you know you know don't have to buy a complete new one. But uh, I've got like one of mine right now that pretty much runs uses a, a full battery charge like any time you put it in. So like you can't even use it the next day. Um, so. I've, I've run into some snags like that, uh, but uh, being able to recharge it like that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, for uh, it's called the four. So right now they sell the Precision Four I Precision, and their new power meter coming out in early eighteen is called the Podium, and um, and yeah, it, it features a rechargeable battery. So folks are pretty excited about that, and it seems like uh, more and more people are are going the the rechargeable route, which. Some people it seems like are pretty excited about. Other people, you know, maybe not so much. I guess the 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 quick trade off there is rechargeable battery means never needing to worry about replacing a battery. However, rechargeable batteries don't last quite as long as um, you know a coin cell type battery typically. So that's the trade off. And you can't carry one in your back sleeve, and if you run out uh, in the middle of the ride, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, so I'm curious to, to hear a little bit more about um, with the, the pedal-based. Um, I guess one thing to, to add about what you described with the pedal-based um, for some people is, is you do need to have the, they're the only ones I'm, a, I'm familiar with, you know, with the um, power taps and the, the garments of the world, you know, they have to be the look style pedals, right? There's no other, there's no power meter options that are any other type of, of pedal than that, right? You're correct. You're correct. So the, the two big drawbacks or caveats with a pedal are, one, cleat choice, like you said. All of them utilize a, a Look Keo 3-bolt style cleat. So uh, if you're a Speedplay user, for example, you're you know out of luck, unfortunately. And then the other uh, thing to, to keep in mind is currently there's no mountain bike version. Can't can't wait until that happens. But right now, it's just just road road based pedals. So those are kind of you know the two the two caveats to keep in mind. Yeah. Any industry insight that that might be changing sometime soon? Uh, so <laughs> there's <laughs> rumors. There's rumors that that folks are working on it. But I can tell you that I haven't. Unfortunately, I wish this was different. But I haven't had any of the manufacturers tell me, hey, Josh, we're working on this and it's going to be ready in 2018, for example. So 
if if that's the case, I hope it is. But if that's the case, they're keeping keeping it pretty close. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So not n- nothing really that I know of. And I don't know. You know, it seems like, and not to get carried away or you know on a tangent here, but I, I think one of the things that concerns them a little bit that I've heard is that um, you know. Just I guess simply due to the fact that off road you have things like pedal strikes and on road they don't you don't have to worry about that so I think that's one of the things that you know might be concerning uh, manufacturers a little bit but um, it would be great if they can find a way around that and I think the first ones that do are going to sell a ton of pedals. Yeah, no, it's a good point and certainly uh, understandable concern there. Um, but uh, so. I've had, I have clients that have both the, the Vectors and, um, and Powertop's version there of the, the cleat-based, uh, or pedal-based, excuse me. Um, what, what are your thoughts between the two? Uh, you know, I'll say, I guess, what I've seen or am amazed with is the amount of metrics and different um, data points that, uh, that Garmin gives, especially when you're using you know, their devices there. Um, like, it's just ridiculous how much insight you can get into your pedal stroke and things. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts between the two? Yeah, so, um, and actually, so there's three. I'd like to talk, Garmin, PowerTap, and then Favro. That's uh, Yep, and so the truth is, now they're all really good. In the past, you know, Garmin had the, you know, Garmin Vector and the Garmin Vector 2, and, you know, people weren't quite as excited about the pedal pods that, you know, you had to attach or the fact that they had to be torqued to a, to a, exact torque setting it made them a little bit quirky but now with the vector three that just rolled out about a month ago that really resembles just a normal pedal and um installs just like just like a normal pedal um that one's hot now power the power tap p1 has been out since 2015 so it's still power taps first gen pedal but it's you know always been popular and continues to sell really well and the Osimo from Favro, that's their second gen pedal that's just blowing it, blowing it away. Um, their, so their first gen pedal, the B Pro, came out in 15, and everybody said, well, you know, power, this is their first power meter. Power meters are tough. Garmin has been struggling. I'm sure the B Pro's going to have issues. And truth be told, it didn't. It was awesome. It was a little bit tricky to install. You had to set an installation angle, and people kind of didn't like that. But from a reliability and accuracy standpoint, it was awesome. And the and the new Osima takes it a step further um, with easy installation. So now all the pedals install really easily. They all have Bluetooth. They all have Ant Plus. They're all really slick. Um, I think. So let's talk really quickly, if I can, what are some of the differences? Um, the biggest difference is price. The Garmin and the PowerTap, if we're talking dual-sided pedal, they both sell for $999, and the Favro Osima sells for $799. So it's sitting 200 bucks below the others. And as you can probably imagine, for a lot of folks, that's like that's that's going to make the deal right there. They can save $200. bucks. Um, so that's that's a differentiating factor. Um, Garmin cycling dynamics. You just hit on that. The Garmin. If you're using the Garmin with a Garmin head unit, you get access to Garmin cycling dynamics, which gives you a bunch of really cool data. I'm not sure how uh, useful 
you know, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's difficult to take that data and really apply it to, to become a, you know, faster, stronger athlete. But, you know, I guess that's, that's between you and your coach, but nonetheless, it's, it's really cool data. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think of like what some other differences might be, um, rider weight limit, the power tap P one doesn't have one. The other two do, but I'm, I'm starting to kind of like stretch a little bit. They all, you know, now feature an integrated design, easy installation, I think accuracy, while like the power tap is 1.5% and Garmin's 1%, I mean, really fairly close in terms of accuracy. So yeah, they're all, they're all really cool pedals now. Yeah. And to add, add on to that, I mean, I'm a big fan of the power, the, the pedals because I mean, so I have multiple bikes and I just, I can't afford multiple power meters and I can't get a, I don't know. It's just, it's not out of my budget. So I went home, for example, this past or over Christmas and just took my power tap pedals home with me and put it on my mom's bike and rode her bike there. So, I mean, that the, the convenience of those are just, I mean, I, I love them and I've never really had any, any issues with them. Yeah, no, for sure. And if you're looking for a pedal or a power meter that can transfer between road bikes, you're that's it's tough to beat it. Yeah. Josh, can we take a second to bust Elliot's chops for uh, saying that he could just go home and ride his mom's road bike? <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, I wasn't sure where to go. Hey, her, her, her road that, bike is that, really nice. I, I was speechless for a few seconds there <laughs> until I kind of, kind of recovered, and then, yeah. Sadly, uh, she's the same height as me. Actually, she might be a little taller than me, actually. <laughs> In a way, we're jealous, Elliot. You know, we can't go home and... Uh, Right. Hey, it's a sweet road bike, DI2 and everything, so... Wow, yeah, yeah. all right. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, what about, um, Josh, do you still carry, um, I should say I have your website up now, but um, do you still carry or sell um, many hub-based, I mean, for a mountain bike, I could see it still being interesting, but to, to roadies, are they still getting, you know, the um, power taps and other hub-based uh, power meters? Yeah, so we sell it. We we stock them. Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of the more popular power meters. Um, yeah. It's just it seems like a lot of time. You know, I guess if you so if you buy the hub, the power tap hub and a pre built wheel, then installation doesn't get any easier because you're dropping a wheel into your bike and you're you're right. good to go. However, that's expensive because you're buying um, a six hundred dollar power meter plus wheel, so that gets pretty pricey. And then if you're just buying the hub, it's a lot cheaper, but then you have to worry about lacing it up to your current wheel set. And it seems like, at least with a lot of the folks that come our way, um, that's kind of a deal breaker for them. Um, but I wouldn't put them towards you know the top in regards to popularity. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But that's, I mean, uh, Ellie, you started out with power taps as well. I mean, I remember my original power meter was actually a wired power tap uh, classic unit here. Uh, but uh, they, you know, always were very accurate and, you know, relatively dependable and things like that. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I still have, uh, I still have mine and it's like my go-to if anyone, my, any of the other ones crap out, but they're like, I mean, I find the hub ones pretty bulletproof. Right. Totally, and that's the thing, is whenever you talk to almost anybody that has a power tap hub, they have nothing but good things to say about it. So it's a phenomenal power meter, and wish wish more people used them. But yeah, it is what it is, I guess. 
Yeah. Cool. And I mean, and how much would you say, and actually, I guess I'll get your perspective. Uh, do you feel that a mountain bike, a uh, power meter on a mountain bike is as valuable as it is on a road bike? As, ooh, that's a good question. What makes it challenge? What makes mountain bike power challenging is the on-off nature of power. Exactly. Um, yeah. Where, whereas on the road, it's more steady and more measurable, and on a on on the mountain, it's just really intense, brief periods of power followed by you know a, a two-minute descent with no power, right. and it it just. Is, yeah, it just makes it more difficult. I yeah. think, I mean, it, I, I, you know, I think one thing it depends on is how much, you know, mountain bike riding you do versus road bike riding. If you're primarily an off-road guy or gal, then for sure, right, you, uh, I think, pretty important to have a power meter on your mountain bike. However, if you split your time 50-50 or, you know, or a little bit more on the road and, only looking to get one power meter, then by all means, have it be road-based. I, I think that was a little bit of, um, you know, uh, an answer not answering the question. But, right. um, but, but I, I, yeah, I, I definitely know know where you're going, and I agree with you. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and the other uh, question I had, and I'm not sure if, if it's um, something, <laughs> excuse me, with um, just the technology and whether it's AMP Plus or Bluetooth, but... Um, you know, it seems like some power meters are more prone to dropouts than others. Um, do you have any insight into that or like, do you see any more success with some units over others or any, anything on that regard? Yeah. So a couple of things I would say on that. Um, one thing that can be tough for dropouts is, um, location of the head unit relative to, uh, to the power meter. Um, if, if you're using a watch, a uh, watch-based head unit, that can cause some difficulty because sometimes a signal has to try to travel through your body and it can be a little bit blocked. The other thing that we see is triathletes that might be mounting a head unit out front ahead of their bike where it has a little bit further to travel uh, might. And I know that doesn't sound like much, but it actually can make a difference. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last thing I would mention is Bluetooth seems to be a little bit more finicky than ant plus in regards to signal so if you can we always recommend using ant plus an ant plus connection um you know if if you know if your head unit or power meter can do either set it up to ant plus uh, regarding manufacturers um i will have to take a little bit of a knock on these guys but i i can say it because i've have nothing but good things to say about their power meter otherwise and already have and that is stages Stages seems to have a little bit more problems than some of the others in regards to dropouts and things like that. Um, and I know that's something that they're working on um, in some of their firmware updates. So hopefully that will be a thing of the past fair, fairly soon. And, and I don't, by all means, it's not like, you, you know, you're going to have issues. It's just that, you know, if I had to line up 100 power meters, you know, stages might, you know, might be an issue there more, more so than some of the others. Oh, that's great. That's that's interesting. I hadn't heard that. I mean, it makes sense, but uh, a, a good tip. I mean, I, I definitely have problems with sometimes with with clients and, and people saying, you know, the the dropouts are an issue, and uh, maybe try moving that bike computer. You know, especially I, I certainly heard it about the you know the nine twenties or the wrist wrist based uh, units where that's a problem and that's moving around and whatnot. But even just bringing that you know uh, 
edge or whatever you're using for a bike computer a little closer uh, to see if that helps. So uh, that's a good bit there. Thank you. Yeah, if, if you can, for sure. It's just that it's it's sometimes tough, right? Because if you're a triathlete, you want that thing mounted right right where you can see it below your head. So it's it's a little bit of a bummer having to you know having to move it, but. But yeah, it's just a, it's just science. The closer you can get it to your power meter, the better off you'll be. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Um, Ellie, you got any questions? No, I'm pretty uh, power metered out right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I got, I got one more here. So, you know, so you're obviously, or, or I'm assuming actually, you're purely an online retailer, right? That's right. Yes. So. Um, and you mentioned that you have your own installation guides and things like that. But, you know, with with some of these, do you expect people to then bring them to their local bike shop? Or, like, tell me a little bit more about your thoughts on installation. Yeah. So I, the vast majority of power meters we sell, I think, can be installed pretty quickly. Um, you know, what are some of the types we talk about? Pedals, you know, super easy now. Um, yeah. Crank arms, really easy. Opposing force things like the power pod, really easy. The only power meters that really, uh, I guess, give cause for concern would be something like a crank-based power meter, like an SRM um, or a Verve Info crank or a rotor, where you're changing out your entire crank set. Now, if if you're taking off your crank set and you're not making any changes to your bottom bracket and you're just bolting on the new one, then I think 99% of cyclists can do that themselves. However, when changes need to be made to the bottom bracket, it can get pretty dicey. Even, you know, for us and we're, we play around with these all the time. Um, I'll admit we, you know, we're taking bikes to the bike shop um, from time to time to have them help us out as well, because I just don't want to mess things up when it comes to the bottom bracket. And I'm by no means, um, you know, professional bike mechanic. So there are, there are issues around some power meters where you need to change out bottom brackets. And yeah, what, what most folks do in those situations is they get a power meter and then they take it down to their LBS and, you know, pay them 30 or 50 bucks to have them, um, you know, swap out a bottom bracket and install their new power meter. Cool. Cool. All right. Awesome. Um, good deal. Yeah. I think that's, uh, covers about anything uh anything else we missed or maybe you feel like we should uh we should get out there i i don't think so um i think that was uh that's pretty pretty high level i'm probably most people listening like elliot are a little bit powered out so i don't want to uh i don't want to cause them any more any additional pain but i could i could talk about this stuff all night long <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no i mean i would tell everyone just do your research um I mean, there's so many different types of power meters, like which we talked about. And I, I mean, when we first started, there was only, I mean, I, the hub was, I mean, I thought I was one of the cool kids having one of the hub base power meters, but now there's just so many different other, other kinds out. So just do your right. research and. And that's, and that's so great for the consumer, right? Because, yeah. you know, when it was close to a monopoly, you know, they were a lot more expensive and uh, competition just breeds lower prices, you know, and, uh, um, people getting more, rather companies getting more aggressive there. So uh, I think it's really good and uh, gives people more options to whatever their needs are. So, oh yeah, and they're so much more affordable now. I mean, I remember when they first came out. I think I got mine in 2013, 12, 2012, and they were still relatively high. But I was having my eye on those SRMs, and they were like thousands and thousands of dollars. Ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's that's just a 
touch on that for a second. That's abs- that's one of the reasons why I went into this business, actually, just because there's huge, huge tailwinds, right? There's more power meters, better compatibility, and lower prices. So it's good for, well, for us, but more importantly, it's good It's good for a consumer right now. And, and I also agree, Elliot, you know, research is key. Um, and I think it's all about, you know, just finding, you don't, you don't need to spend more to get to get a better power meter, right? Sure, you know SRMs and rotors are great, but that's not to say a more affordable power meter won't do the job. And it's just about finding one that fits your budget, that is compatible with your bike, and has the features you want. If you want Bluetooth, then you know get a Bluetooth. If you want independent left-right power, then you know check into that. But I think you know they all all the manufacturers make quality power meters now and. You know, as long as you have it installed right and you do your zero offsets before every ride, I think, you know, any any power meter we sell can give you, you know, quality, accurate, consistent data to train to. And um, I uh, think it's safe to say you'll be, you know, a, a better athlete for, for using a power meter. All right. Cool. All right. So we mentioned, you know, the name of your company is Power Meter City. So it's PowerMeterCity.com. Um, they offer free shipping. Um, but then also, you know, if you have questions, obviously, Josh, you know, they can call you and, you know, if you're unsure, you know, need some advice on which one would make sense, you know, that's something you guys would help out with. Absolutely. We, we, we love it. Bring, bring on the calls. We're actually crazy enough to be here seven days a week, weekends included. So, um, yeah, we, we take great pride in our customer service. We really do. So emails, calls, absolutely. Okay, cool. And we didn't nail down the kinks. I think we discussed in an email, but uh, can we hook up our listeners with a little discount? Yeah, absolutely. W- okay. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah, awesome. So we'll uh, we'll put that in the, the show notes and um, you know list that on the website for people to to check out. Where uh, I think uh, we can get a ten uh, percent discount for uh, for people listening here. So. Um, you know, definitely take advantage of Josh and uh, all the the options. You know, it's it's great to see one store with so many different um, options out there. So um, that's great. Well, Josh, we really appreciate your time, and uh, thanks again for coming on. And um, we'll talk to you soon here. Yeah, thanks, guys. I enjoyed it. Take care. <laughs>